Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Life, faith, together. Well, today we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 1 and verses 5 to 25, which speaks about the birth of, of uh, John the Baptist. And uh, But before we do that, I, I thought what we would do is we would look at the, the book of Malachi. I, I, I kind of realized that you would wake up this morning and you were probably wondering about the book of Malachi. So I thought we would start off by looking at the book of Malachi. Uh, so the, the book of Malachi is, is the last book in our Old Testament. It was written about 400 years before the birth of Jesus. And in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me, says the Lord Almighty. And so God it promises to send a messenger, a prophet, who would prepare the way for God's own arrival into human history. And then in Malachi chapter 4 and verses 5 to 6, uh, we read, and, and these are the last, uh, last verses in the, in, in the Old Testament, and it says, I will send the prophet Elijah to you. He will turn the hearts of parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents. And so this, this messenger, this prophet, who would prepare the way for God's own arrival, would be like Elijah, like the prophet Elijah. He would have an Elijah-like ministry and he will turn people's hearts. He will change people's hearts. He will prepare people's hearts for God's arrival. You see, the people of God had turned their backs on God. They were uh, living selfishly for themselves. And as, as a result of that, uh, there was this spiritual barrenness. Uh, there was spiritual dryness. Uh, there, there was a, a lack of fruitfulness. Uh, just like a, a barren mother. And, and Part of the consequences of turning their backs on God is that now they were being ruled over by, by foreign nations, by foreign empires, and they were being exploited with very high taxes and the like. And so they were all waiting for this, this prophet, like Elijah, to come and announce the arrival of God. They were all waiting for God to step into human history and sort things out. And for 400 years, they waited and waited and waited, but there was just silence. However, then finally, when Herod the Great was ruling, uh, you know, the Herod the Great, the, the imposter, self-imposed king of the Jews, was ruling over Israel as a puppet king for the Romans. Finally, the silence was broken. And this is where we pick up the, the Bible reading in Luke chapter 1 and verses 5 to 25. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless, because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, 
and they were both very old. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty, and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Well, that was definitely the most weirdest and wacky temple experience I've ever had. It was about ooh, five months ago that I went down to the holy city, the city of Jerusalem, to serve in the temple, for I'm a priest. Well, it's not as great as it sounds. I'm not one of the high priests, nor am I one of the, the priests that uh, lives in Jerusalem in, in the temple accommodation, although that is my ambition. I just need my lucky break to be able to show the, the high priest what I'm really made of. And I thought this was my opportunity. 
You see, my division was on duty once again. Uh, you see, I'm, I'm part of the division. That, well, there are 24 divisions, and I'm part of the division of Abijah. And our division was on duty. There are about, oh, there are about 750 of us. Uh, we don't live in Jerusalem, like I said. We all live around the countryside in Judea doing our day jobs. But for one week, two times a year, we get to serve in the temple in Jerusalem. And so this, I thought, would be my lucky break. Chance to show the high priest what I'm really made of. And the big moment of when you're serving in the temple is to be chosen to be the priest who would go into the, the, into the temple, into the, the, the inner sanctuary and burn the incense. You see, during our daily sacrifices, once in the morning and again late in the afternoon, one priest gets to go into the inner sanctuary and light and burn the incense as a way of symbolizing our prayers rising up to God. And of course, that is the greatest honor a priest could ever have. And it's, you know, most priests don't even get to have that honor. Most priests will retire having never been chosen to go into the inner sanctuary. And if you are lucky enough to get chosen, it's a once in a lifetime experience because you will never get that honor a second time. And the way we decide and choose who is going to go in, who's going to be the lucky guy to go in, is we cast lots. It's, it's kind of like throwing dice. For we believe that God will guide the lots. And so I was convinced the lot was going to land on me because I am clearly the, the youngest and, and the most up-and-coming priest in my division. And so there we were, all 750 of us crowded around, waiting to see who the lot would fall on. Who would be the lucky guy? You will never guess who it was. It was some, some old guy. I, I, I was like, who is that? Josiah, who was standing next to me, said, oh, oh, that's old Zach. You know, he's married to that barren woman. What's her name again? Uh, oh, yes, Elizabeth. I couldn't believe he was chosen. He's just some old has-been. In fact, he's not even a has-been because he's, he hasn't done anything. Uh, he, he's just a, a nobody, a, a failure. Okay, sure, you know, he's got a good reputation of being a good guy and a, a, a godly chap. And sure, he is married to Elizabeth, who is a descendant of Aaron. Aaron, the first great high priest. So that's good pedigree. So the future was looking really bright for old Zach. But she was barren. Hello, failure. Now look, uh, being barren in any culture is a big deal. But in my culture, it's a huge thing. If you don't have children, that means you don't have anyone to look after you in your old age. That means you destitute. But more so, if you don't have a son, that, that means you don't have someone to carry on your good name. You don't have someone to carry on your good work. And that is just shameful. That's a disgrace. Such a failure. God clearly did not favor old Zach. So, you can imagine how shocked I was uh, when he got chosen. You see, what Zach should have done, what I would have done, was divorced the old bag and got myself a new fruitful wife. 
That's how you succeed in life. That's how you advance your career. And our law even allows you to divorce your wife if she's barren. And you can't have encouraged to do. But what does old Zach do? He sticks with her for better or worse. What's that all about? So I was completely shocked that he, he got chosen. I mean, nobody chooses old Zach. Even in primary school, no one chose Zach to be on his team. So I was absolutely shocked that God would choose old Zach. Anyhow, there we were, standing outside, praying as old Zach went in. And as old Zach went, went into the temple, I can remember thinking to myself, you lucky bastard. And then I quickly tried to refocus on God and carry on praying. And then we prayed and we prayed and we prayed. And then I looked at my watch. And okay, I know you shouldn't be looking at your watch when you're praying, but he was taking liberties. I mean, all he needs to do is go into the temple, light a few incense, say a quick prayer, come out and then pronounce a blessing on all the gatherers who have, who have, who have gathered outside, all the worshippers who have gathered outside. How long does that take? But he was taking a long time. Okay, I I know he's an old guy, but even for an old guy, he was taking some liberties. Well, eventually he did emerge from from inside the temple. And and it looked like he had seen a ghost. He he was startled and he he couldn't speak and he was making the sign language. And, you know, he was meant to come out and pronounce a blessing on all the worshippers. But rather he was doing this this, this miming thing. And I think he had seen a vision of a bird with a baby or something. I don't know. Well, anyhow, after a while of a lot of sign language and stuff, we were starting to make some sense of it. But I could tell someone needed to announce the blessing. Someone needed to pronounce the blessing. And, and clearly, old Zach was in no state to do so. So naturally, I stepped forward and pronounced the blessing on everyone. A great opportunity to show their high priest what I'm really made of. But nobody took anyone notice of me. Everybody was all gathered around old Zach trying to figure out what had happened. Well, after a lot of signing and writing on a clay tablet, Apparently, what had happened was when old Zach had gone into the temple, he had seen a vision of the of a messenger of God. But not just any old messenger. No, no, no. Gabriel himself, one of the, the great messengers of God who ministers before the very presence of God. Well, now I know. He's senile. You know, you can't believe that. He's completely lost it. But what's more, uh, they said that when he first saw this vision, he almost died of a heart attack. It, it almost finished him off. And so this messenger apparently said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you are to call him John. Wow. Could that be true? I mean, Old Zach has been praying for a child his whole life. I mean, I would have given up a long time ago and got myself a new wife. But old Zach, he kept on praying. He kept on believing. He kept on being faithful. He kept on loving his wife. He kept on believing against all the odds. 
Could God really have heard his prayer? Well, if so, then the name John is really appropriate because the name John means God is gracious. And that sure would be a lot of grace after a lifetime of failure after failure. Anyhow, that's not all. Apparently, uh, the, the message of God then said that his son would be great in the sight of the Lord and he would be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he's born. And that he would go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people for the Lord. Okay, now I really know he's lost it. It, it, Does Zechariah really expect us to believe that his son is going to be the long-awaited-for prophet, the prophet like Elijah, which the prophet Malachi told us about, that, that his son would prepare the way for God entering into human history? Now look, don't get me wrong, I, I will, I'm hoping that, that the, the prophet like Elijah would come soon because our nation is as spiritually barren as Elizabeth is physically barren. This is something I want, but if the, the Elijah-like prophet was to come, he's definitely not going to come from a couple of nobodies like old Zach and Elizabeth. Not in a million years. Well, everyone else was getting so excited about what uh, old Zach was saying. They're going, oh, this is great. Oh, this is marvelous. Oh, so wonderful. So I said, I said to old Zach, Zach, if all you're saying is true, then how come you can't speak? Old Zach turned bright red. And then there was some more signing and writing on a clay tablet. And eventually he came out, apparently, uh, what, what, the way old Zach responded when the messenger of God told him all this, apparently he said, how can I be sure of this? Like, hello, how can I be sure of that? I mean, if what he's saying is true, then he's just had a once in a lifetime experience to go into the, the, the inner sanctuary. The very presence of God. And while he's there, a messenger of God appears to him and says to him that the thing he's been praying for his whole life, he's going to get. And he's saying like, how can I be sure? I mean, what more does he want? <laughs> and then apparently he says, I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. Like, what does he expect? The, the messenger of God to go, what? Really? You're old? I had no idea. We aren't very good at telling ages up here in heaven. I mean, of course, the messenger of God's going to know he's old. I mean, he's just hit the jackpot. The thing he's been praying for his whole life, and then he hits the jackpot. He gets a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to go into the inner, inner sanctuary. And while he's there, he sees a messenger of God, not just any old messenger of God, but Gabriel himself. And he gets told that the thing he's been praying for his whole life is going to come true. He's going to be answered. And just for a bonus, he's also going to become the Elijah-like prophet. And he responds, how can I be sure of this? Well, apparently, he got a right telling off by the messenger of God. The messenger of God said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at the appointed time. 
Okay, so that, that explains why uh, he, he can't speak. But I'm still not buying it. I mean, I'm only going to believe this if Elizabeth actually becomes pregnant and gives birth to a son. And that is not going to happen because she is just too old. But it would be kind of cool if it was true. I mean, just, just imagine that for a moment. Just imagine if it was true. This would be one extraordinary birth. This would be a miraculous birth. This would be kind of like when Abraham and Sarah gave birth to Isaac. Remember, they too were really old and way beyond the age of giving birth to children. And they too didn't believe the messenger of God when the messenger of God told them that they would have a son. Yet, they did have a son. Isaac. And it also be kind of like when, when Hannah was barren and she went into the temple and she prayed to God for a son and, and then she gave birth to a son, Samuel. And he became that great prophet and he prepared the way for Israel's greatest king, King David. Wow. If this is true, then old Zach's son is going to be one extraordinary prophet. Who is going to prepare the way for a whole new dawn? Who is going to prepare the way for the true king? God himself coming into human history. But there's no way that's going to happen. I mean, not through a bunch of nobodies like old Zach and Elizabeth. I mean, if God did that through these, these this old couple... That means God works out his plans, not just through ordinary people, but even nobodies, like old Zach and Elizabeth. God wouldn't do that, would he? And if God did all of a sudden look upon favorably upon old Zach and Elizabeth, uh, you know, and, and answer their prayer and, and take away all their shame and all, all their disgrace and, and give them a baby. Uh, without them even doing anything to earn that, what would that say for the rest of us? I mean, that would mean that it doesn't matter how many times you failed or how much messed up you are, how much shame and disgrace you bring upon yourself. If you just keep praying and trusting God, then, then one day in the future, against all the odds, God will remember you and look favorably upon you and take away all your shame and all your disgrace without even doing anything to earn it. That would never happen, would it? It would be kind of cool if it did, though. Um, you know, now that I think about it, that the name Zechariah actually means God remembers. That's kind of cool, isn't it? But it's never going to happen. I mean, like, like I was saying, oh, sorry, sorry. Um, oh, sorry, sorry. That's it's my mobile phone. You just, you just can't get away from modern technology these days. Oh, I've got a message. Oh, it's a message from old Zach. <laughs> Let's see what it says. Um, hmm. Just to let you know that Elizabeth is five months 
pregnant? She is pregnant? Luke chapter 1 and verse 24. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days he has shown his favour and taken away my disgrace among the people. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a God who even works through nobodies. You even work through people who the world has written off, who think nothing could ever, anything, any good could come from them. Yet you choose them. You work through them. And you are gracious to them. And Father, we thank you that you are gracious to us. That you are a faithful God and you look favorably upon us. And if we turn to you, you will take away our shame. And our disgrace, even though we've done nothing to earn it. You do it simply because you love us. And Father, we do need your grace. In so many ways, we, we are barren. We need your grace in our life. And we thank you at this time of Advent when everything seems so bleak and so dark, that there is a great light, the light of Jesus. And we pray that you would shine your light upon us, that we may then shine your light upon others. And so we pray, Father, come, come afresh. Pour your spirit into us afresh. Be gracious to us. And heal our land. Amen. For more information, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.